Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're watching this. I am excited to be with you today, Church, Center Church. Um, I love you. I am excited for what God's doing, even in these crazy times. And I look forward to seeing you again in person. But for now, what we're doing for uh, our summer series is we're going through the book of Ephesians. We've titled it Begin Again. And I I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today, so I'm going to try to keep it brief, and therefore I want to get right into it. We're going to be in chapter 4 of Ephesians, and we're going to cover verses 17 through 21. It says this, So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you have learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So that very opening statement in verse 17. So I tell you this. This statement suggests that we must take at least a brief look back to the previous statements being made by the author. As this is a connecting verse or a connecting statement rather. So let's just revisit briefly what Pastor Kelly talked about in the first half of Ephesians 4. In the previous section, we read about the church that Jesus is establishing and this target that he has set for the people who make up his church. Really the big idea of last week's session was that the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers, those were the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And he gave them to the church to help raise up the people in, this, in, in the church to do the works of ministry that Christ has set us into, that he has put us on the path Four, I heard it explained this way at a recent training event that I went to. Professor Whitworth, um, Jim Edwards, very brilliant man, he said this, The gifts that Jesus gave to the church were and still are gifted people. That's right. You and I, the gifted people, those are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. He gave us to the church. Therefore, we are together supposed to be the church living out everything that he has has put in front of us, that he has destined for us. He gave these gifted people to the church to equip the church so that each one of us can live out our role. If you call Jesus Lord, this is the good news. If you call Jesus Lord, uh, you have an active, meaningful, purposeful role in building up the body of Christ. Yes, that is right. That is you. You should be excited about that. I know I am excited about that. And then all of this wonderful news about being part of the church is designed to point us towards the target of making disciples to help each other grow out of 
immaturity into maturity to help each of us cast off the old self and begin to live as the new creation that Christ has made us. And so that's where we pick up today's passage. And it says this, so I tell you this. And then it says, and I insist on it in the Lord. In other words, the author, Paul, is trying to say, take great consideration of what I'm about to say in, re- in, in regards to, or as a result of what I just told you, take great care to consider what I'm about to tell you. It has, it has a big um, impact on your life. Then he says to no longer live as the Gentiles do. So we receive our first instruction and that is to to run away from the life that you lived before Christ, the life that you lived before salvation, and and now live as Christ made you in the new person that you are. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. It says right here, the very next phrase says, because the old you was stuck in futile thinking. Now, let's take a brief second and look at the word futile. I think we can all agree that we don't want to live in a futile state. And here's the reason. It means that you are incapable of producing any meaningful result or that what you are doing is pointless. Now, I don't want to think in pointless ways. I don't want to lack the ability to produce anything meaningful or uh, or, or useful for that matter in the way that I think or in the way that I live. And so really this instruction to turn away from your former life is an instruction to turn away from meaninglessness and pointlessness in your life towards meaning and purpose. Okay, that's what he's asking us to consider in this passage. Then he goes on to say that we are also um, supposed to turn away from the darkness and ignorance that was a result of your hard heart. That hard heart was the old you is no longer the new you. An example of that would be found in Exodus. We observe that Pharaoh, it says that he had a hard heart and that that hard heart that he had led to incredible destruction and his eventual demise. Now, I don't think I have to say it, but I'm going to anyways. I want you to run, run, run away from anything that resembles a hard heart because I do not want your life to be full of destruction. And that's exactly where we see verse 19 instructing us to run away from. It says that in our former life, we lost all sensitivity. Now, this is not necessarily the type of sensitivity that allows you to maybe cry in a movie or, you know, shed a tear of happiness in a joyful moment, although it could be that as well. But really what it's getting at here is the type of sensitivity suggests that we could not in our former life before Christ, right? Uh, When I mean former life, I mean life before Christ, just to be clear on that, uh, that we could not before Christ accurately judge the danger that our actions were leading us towards. You could not see that the road that you were on was leading to destruction. Now that has all kinds of implications, but for brevity and the sake of brevity today, I'm not going to get into those. Just know that before Christ, you couldn't even imagine the destruction that you were headed towards. After Christ, it's the opposite. You get to move towards security, life, purpose, meaning, salvation. 
So, the actions of the person before Christ were a deeper, more destructive dive continuously into those behaviors without even knowing it. So the warning to cast off that life is really a warning to avoid death and destruction and meaninglessness, okay? And then the next two verses are really um, kind of the capstone of that or really the culminating idea of how we avoid that. So that's where we're going to wrap up our study today. It says in verse 20 that however is that however is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So we now see that simply avoiding those behaviors that were mentioned before, simply avoiding destruction, simply avoiding a hard heart, simply avoiding futile thinking, that's not enough. Rather, we are taught Christ. Those are Matthew Henry's words in his commentary. We are taught Christ that in Jesus we gain truth, in Jesus we gain wisdom, in Jesus we gain life. These instructions are simple. Learn about Jesus learn from Jesus, observe Jesus' life in Scripture, and follow Jesus. It's that simple. Do those things, and in those things you will learn to turn away from those old destructive behaviors. Jesus is our anchor. He keeps us afloat when we feel like we're drowning. He keeps us steady when we feel like we're being tossed to and from. He's our hero. He's our Savior. And as a Christian, We are called to be all about Jesus. Turn from your old ways, not because because it's good for Jesus, because it's good for you, right? Turn from your old behaviors because they once led to destruction. It's not about morality. It's about life and death. It's about doing what is best for you. That's why we take this advice and we run with it and we run towards the things that give life and meaning and purpose. That's what verses 20 and 21 are instructing us to do when it says that we are taught in Christ, that we learn from Christ and through our lives following Christ. Now, those two things make me want, or that those things make me want to do two things rather. The first one is worship. I cannot tell you how unbelievably grateful it reminds me to be every time I hear this good news. Now, I hope it does the same thing for you, um, which is why I encourage you to preach the gospel to yourself every single day. If you're with us in the gospel above all study, I would encourage you to do that. They talk about preaching the gospel to yourself each and every day, and that reminder will cause you to worship how good Jesus is to you and I because of what he saved us from and what he's saving us to or towards. And then the second thing is it gives me excitement to help other people realize that same invitation. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want the people that I love and the people that I care about and the people that I that I see each and every day to live in those destructive behaviors. So it's not about holding them to a standard that they can't possibly live up to. It's about helping them understand that in Jesus, They can have a life that avoids meaninglessness, that avoids pointless thinking, that avoids destructive behaviors and hard hearts. I want that for them. I'm excited about doing that for them. So I hope that you are too. Hey, we're going to pick back up in chapter 4 next week. I hope that you'll join me then. Until then, have an awesome week and we'll see you soon.